Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews, an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the franchisors of all I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Nellie Akalp. Nellie is the CEO and co-founder of CorpNet, a trusted resource and service provider for business incorporation, LLC filing, and corporate compliance services. We'll talk to Nellie about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand? The opportunity to take control of your future and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry? Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone, and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste, and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily, and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the franchisepreneurs one-on-one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. Well, we're meeting with Nellie Akalp, and Nellie is the CEO and co-founder of CorpNet, a trusted resource and service provider for business incorporation, LLC filings, and corporate compliance services. Hi, Nellie. How are you? Welcome to the show. Hi, Marty. Great to be on the show. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Nellie. It's great to finally have you on the show. You know, I've been following you for some time now, whether it's on LinkedIn and Twitter, so it's a privilege for me to finally get the chance to speak to you in person today. Well, thank you so much. The privilege is all mine, and I'm on the show. And uh, really, really get to be another form of resource to your audience, franchisors, and franchisees. 
You have such an amazing story, Nelly. I mean, I, I thought, you know, maybe we can kind of go back to the beginning. I mean, you can go back as far as you like, but, you know, I guess, if, you know, for me, when I'm like reading your story, it, it, I mean, it's very impressive. I mean, how and why did you become an entrepreneur? And I guess it could apply to your husband, too, because I think you were both in the same place, weren't you? Yes, yeah. I, I think entrepreneurship is something I was truly born with. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I never really did well with, being, um, being, you know, being you know, boxed in, mm-hmm. and right. you know, I right. come from a, from a, you know, I, I'm an only child. I was yeah. always kind of one of those children who played with myself, being an only child, had to yes. really, really occupy and really, you know, make myself kind of, you know, busy and, mm-hmm. you know, through through life and growing up, I just, right. you know, always was kind of on my own and you know with that you know you kind of get to you know be a survivor and go through life kind of you know doing things on your own so the idea of having to have a boss or having to work on somebody else's time or clock really wasn't something that I you know excited me and motivated me and not that, you know, it, it, there's anything wrong with that. You know, sure. some people do really well with that. But for right. me, it just didn't, wasn't something that I was getting excited about. So yeah. um, I felt like entrepreneurship would be the best route for me. And so it sounds like, I mean, you went to, to law school, Nelly, you and your husband. And then, I mean, it, it, I mean, the story gets even better. You know, we didn't talk about it in the beginning of the show, but, you know, you started the company with your very limited money. And then at some point, I guess, Intuit came into the picture. I guess it was in like around 2005 and they purchased the company, didn't they? Yeah, so my old company, we started it with a hundred uh, with with the hundred dollars out of our <laughs> incredible. two bedroom apartment. Yeah, we we started it with a hundred dollars out of our two bedroom apartment, and That's we great. were at the time both going to law school, and then yeah. we grew the business to where it was doing nearly, uh, you know, about nine hundred to a million dollars in gross sales mm-hmm. a month, and then right. we were approached by into it uh, in 2005 and at, initially it was one of those kind of meetups where we were told like this is going to be a partnership et cetera, right. et cetera. but then soon the conversation turned to one of acquisition and we were blessed enough to be acquired for a large sum of cash That's and great. it was an easy transaction because you know wow. there wasn't really any investors we didn't have any debt it was just Phil and I, so yeah. it was a very clear-cut clear transaction, and we were acquired, and um, initially we thought, okay, you know, this is fun, you know, we'll stay on, but then soon it really, the, the, the company kind of lost its entrepreneurial spirit. Right. Right, for that us. happens. And, you know, God bless yeah. corporate America, but sure. that's just not my gig, and we decided to step down and took some time off, uh, focus yeah. on our then growing children. We had three at the time and now I have four, but wow, at the time God we had three, you. we, thank you. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, our non-compete ran out and three years later, fast forward to 2009, you know, Phil and I realized we were too young and we were yeah. too bored and too passionate <laughs> right. and, you know, really, really didn't want to, you know, become retired at the right. age of 35. Right, and so we decided to start our current company, CorpNest.com, 
And I'm really excited and proud of where CorpNet has come to. And, you know, we just had our holiday party with our entire team this last Saturday night. And I have to tell you, it was so surreal for me seeing, you know, over 150 people at our company uh, gig. And uh, just, you know, it's just, it's such a great, great feeling to be able to touch so many lives and help so many employees. And, it was just a really exciting event for me, and um, I, I have to say I'm really proud of my team and my company and Great. from where it started to where it is today. It's interesting, though, I mean, because you had a lot of choices. You know, if you go back to the beginning, I mean, when you and your husband wanted to do this again or, you know, start your own business, what was it about CorpNet? I mean, what was, what was the catalyst for you starting CorpNet? Because, again, you had all these different choices. So there was something about it, that particular industry or that business that you loved. Um, maybe you can kind of go back to that time, what you were thinking. Yeah, thank you so much. That's an amazing question, and I love to answer that. It's really because when we, you know, we were coined as the pioneers of the industry. When we first right. started with our initial company, There was just a few players out there, and we came in and we made the process of starting a business, owning a business, um, getting your, you know, business documents, um, you know, kind of streamlined. We streamlined Mm -hmm. the process, and we kind of came out with this um, idea and mantra that anyone can start a business. We really believe anyone can start a business, and Truly, the reason why they don't is that there is this lack of awareness that legal documents and filing of legal documents must be filed by attorneys. So having gone to law school and really, really um, learning the process, you know, we wanted to come out and educate entrepreneurs and including franchisors, franchisees, that you don't need an attorney to set up a corporation or LLC in any state. In fact, save that money and use it towards getting an attorney when your business really needed. So we streamlined the process. Fast forward, after we got acquired, we were coined as the pioneers of the industry. And then, you know, after we sold to Intuit, we were under a non-compete. And um, we couldn't do anything for three years. But after that non-compete you know, took its course and expired, right. we decided that really what what makes us really passionate is this idea of coming back into the industry and now having had all this experience under our belt, you know, creating something bigger, better, stronger, even more streamlined. Mm-hmm. And frankly, you know, there wasn't really anyone out there, even with all the competitors now in 2009, when we came back and re-entered the industry doing it the way right. we envisioned. So, yeah. it, you know, simply stated, it, it's the only thing I know how to do really good, and um, I, I love it. You know, I, 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 don't call my, I don't call my job a job. It's really what yeah. I love doing each every day. And when you love what you do each and every day, when you're passionate about it, it, it's not a job, you know. And that's Absolutely. what really makes me excited about my, my, uh, my career, my job, and specifically CorpNet. Maybe you could talk a little bit, Nellie, because I, I think, you know, a lot of times, like you were saying, that most maybe aspiring entrepreneurs, maybe they, they get a little intimidated by, you know, like terms like whether it's sole proprietorship or partnership or S-Corp or LLC. Maybe, you know, you can talk a little bit about like the different types of like business entities for, for our listeners, just in case they're a little bit intimidated by that. 
Yeah, absolutely. So there are many different types of business yeah. entities out there. And to kind of give you a simple business refresher course, a sole proprietorship is really a business owner, one business owner, hence right. the, why the name is sole. It's basically right. a business owner starting to provide services and accepting money, accepting yes. consideration for the provision of those services. And by right. default, when you start receiving income for the services that you're providing, you're really coined by default a sole proprietor because you're right. accepting monies as income right. for the services that you're providing. And with a sole proprietorship, it's really one person doing business for profit, mm -hmm. and you're simply by default coined a sole proprietor unless you want to do business under a different name or a fictitious business name. And in that regard, right. you would go down to your county recorder's office, file a DBA, also known as a fictitious business name filing, so right. that, for example, John Doe is doing business as John's Consulting Services. Right. With a sole proprietorship, there is no uh, legal protection. There is no right. asset protection. Mm. There is no liability protection. There is no corporate shield. And hence, right. uh, God forbid you end up on the wrong end of a lawsuit, they can come after you as the business owner personally, wow. and they can come after your house, your savings account, oh, your retirement scary. account, anything and everything you own. Right. Um, similarly, with a partnership, which is basically the same thing as a sole prop, but it's mm -hmm. really two people doing business together. And with a partnership, even gets scarier. In my opinion, it's the scariest. Why? It's because wow. you're married to that individual, literally. Right. Even though you're not husband and wife, perhaps, but you're married. So anything that right. person does, you're going to be liable for. So. With right. a sole prop and a partnership, there is no liability protection. There is no asset protection. It's basically, um, you know, you as a business owner or you and your partner as business owners are exposed. Um, in that case, you know, that's why we really, really encourage people to consider taking their business to the uh, next level and right. putting it in some form of a legal business entity such as a corporation or an LLC. Now, right. with a corporation, there it's the most um, formal type of legal structure. With a corporation, now what you're doing as a business owner is you're separating yourself from the – you're separating yourself as an individual from the business because right. now as right. a corporation, it's a separate legal entity and you're creating this bubble around yourself as a business owner because now – um, as the owner of the corporation, you're really called the shareholder of that corporation. And, uh, you know, as a corporation, um, what you're creating is this bubble so that, God forbid, if the corporation gets sued, the, the, you know, as long as the corporation is being complied with and conducted properly, they cannot come after you right. as the business owner of the corporation personally. So, hence, main benefit of incorporating a business would be that you're um, protected from any type of personal liability. Uh, you have asset protection. You have liability protection. You also have the sense of increased, um, uh, you know, kind of like people are going to look at you as more of an established business entity because um, there's right. more credibility. 
Sure. And they're going to look at you and go, okay, wow, this business has taken the necessary steps to establish themselves. And they're more likely to want to do business with you. And lastly, it's easier to set up and start, you know, building business credit. And in in many cases, you're, um, you know, eligible for more tax deductions as you would be um, otherwise with a sole prop or a partnership. Uh, So that's corporation in a nutshell. There's various different types of corporations. Um, You can become a professional corporation if you're a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant. Um, Mm -hmm. With a corporation, you can, um, you know, if if the shareholders of the corporation qualify, they can um, qualify to become a subchapter S corporation, which is really an C-corporation, but you're making an election with the IRS for the Mm -hmm. IRS to treat that C-corporation as an S-corporation for tax purposes and treat that corporation as a pass-through tax entity. Um, You can have a closed corporation. So many variations of it that for purposes of this particular, uh, you know, version of the podcast I can't go into, but maybe we can do one just on sure. corporations later on. Right, right. Um, and then uh, and then there's the LLC. The LLC stands for the Limited Liability Company. Right. With an LLC, it's really the way I look at that entity is you get to have the best of both worlds. You get to have all the benefits of liability and asset protection that often is associated with a corporation, whether a C-Corp or an S-Corp, but without all the corporate formalities. Um, Because really what an LLC is, is it's a hybrid of a sole prop partnership and a corporation. So it takes all the, you know, asset protection, all the good stuff from a corporation, but without all the formalities that really one has to abide by in running a business as a corporation or an LLC. And, uh, you know, if you go to the corpnet.com website, um, mm-hmm. you can go to the resources area. And I have literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts yes. on the different types of business entities. And um, you can go ahead and, you know, do a little bit of a, you know, educational, you know, kind of version on which entity is good for you. And, you know, if you don't have the time for that, we also have a wizard that has been created by attorneys and accountants that, you know, takes you through a series of questions and then um, based on the answers you provide can, uh, you know, suggest which type of business entity would be best for your business. Um, Yeah, so lots of great resources out there for the franchise or franchisee. It's, it's, it's a great lesson for our, our listeners, Nelly. It kind of makes you wonder why, you know, somebody would consider, you know, after listening to, you know, why someone would want to become a sole proprietor or a partnership, like you said. You know, I mean, it just seems so risky in, in today's world, you know. And, and the majority of our listeners, Nelly, you know, we, we call them aspiring franchipreneurs. You know, most of them have it in their mind that they want to get in, into franchising. But there's so many different industries, as you know, in, in the franchise arena. Should all, I know all is probably a powerful word, but should, should anyone considering buying a franchise, uh, would they ever consider like doing it as a sole proprietorship or partnership? Or should they, it, it sounds to me like it, they should always consider something like an LLC to me in, in, in listening to you. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting you ask that because we actually um, have a franchise expert that works yeah. within our company. Her name is Amanda Barron, 
Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are franchisors or who have become a franchisee, um, most franchisors will require the franchisee to become some sort of a legal entity. Yeah, so my right. understanding, most of them will require um, you to either go C-Corp, S-Corp, or mm -hmm. LLC. I and um, as in becoming a franchise, there are other legal documentation that a franchisee needs to also comply with. So yes. from our understanding and the hundreds of thousands of franchisors and franchisees that we're assisting, we're seeing that typically most of them do not um, opt for a sole prop or partnership. Right. In fact, that I don't even think they can. Yeah. Right. So yeah, um, we have sense. a great, great franchise um, formation team that can be you know, at your service and assist you with everything you need, whether you're basically a franchisor starting a franchise right. or a franchisee who is starting a franchise, you know. And, right, um, right. we can assist you with all of the documents in any of the states. And um, in addition to that, once the franchise is set up, we can also assist with keeping that franchise, whether a corporation or LLC in compliance, and even help with expanding as well. So let's say, you know, you're a franchisor and you get a franchisee mm -hmm. that comes in, um, we can assist the franchisee, but let's say now the franchisee has employees. We can also right. set up all the payroll accounts, all oh, the wow. tax accounts. So oh, we're a one-stop shop when it comes to anything and everything that that franchisor or franchisor needs to not only start that franchise, but to also maintain that franchise as it goes through the business cycle of growing. How did, how did COVID play a role uh, with CorpNet, Nelly? I mean, for, for you or, you know, for your clients, I mean, what, what, how did it impact the business? You know, it's funny you ask that because, unfortunately, I know that a lot of businesses, as a result of COVID, got affected very negatively. Right, um, right. For us, uh, you know, it was it was it was a huge blessing for the yeah. fact that we, you know, obviously it was very very scary in the beginning because we're all sitting there going, "What are we going to do?" You know. Right. And right. for us because of the fact that most of the the majority of businesses went remote, um, businesses started realizing that not only they can be remote, but now mm -hmm. they have access so much more, um, uh, so much more employees and so much yes. more talent in, right. in, you know, multiple states and in yeah. other states. So as a result, the remote aspect of, um, you know, creating this remote, you know, environment for right. businesses to go remote created a huge new market for us whereby now we were able to not only start new businesses for people who were perhaps, you know, fired or, uh, you know, furloughed or, right. uh, you know, laid off from the business that was going out of business, but also, yeah. you know, they plan, you know, this was their bigger blessing in that they decided to go into business for themselves. So here right. we are starting businesses. And then for the other businesses that knock on wood remained in business, mm -hmm. um, they realized that they could be expanding in multiple states. And we started assisting them with employer setup of tax accounts, payroll accounts. So 
COVID for me and for our company has been a really, really big blessing. You know, I tend to look at everything um, in a way where, you know, everything happens for a reason. God has us where he has us for a specific purpose. And so, you know, I tend to look at the silver lining behind what's happening. And for us, COVID, you know, brought a lot of blessings to us as a business and as a company. Yeah, I think that that's very interesting that you say that, Nelly, because, you know, in, in doing the show, you know, last year, I mean, of course, you know, COVID, it, it became a theme of the show. You know, it was hard to not do a show without talking about COVID. I remember when I was interviewing, I think it was Huntington Learning Center, and they're like a kind of like a tutoring franchise, you know, and they've all, they were always like brick and mortar. But when, when COVID came, I mean, they were forced to go remote. But that kind of forced them to realize that they said, you know what, this is an opportunity because their customers actually like them being remote because they didn't have to go to the physical location. And then the tutors could educate from their own home, you know. So it's interesting how some businesses were able to pivot, like your example, you know, and and, and see it as an opportunity. It's it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Yes, it's very interesting. And, you know, it's it's just, you know, for me, I kind of take, take, you know, look at it from the standpoint of, you know, we got to tend to look at it like, you know, everything happens for a reason. Yes. And, you know, this is one of the things that I often, you know, take a, you know, I, I often implore and encourage my employees to look at is when something happens, immediately don't go to the negative, which as a right. human, you know, right. as, as humans, we are so, you know, programmed to be like, oh, my God, it's Tuesday, it's <laughs> right. Tuesday, you know. Yes. But for me, you know, and, and I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm very, very prone to going that route as well, you know. Sure. Because right. that's how our brains are programmed right. as humans. However, when, right. when you take a moment, yeah, when you take a moment to just kind of step back and go, okay, let's go back to the drawing work. What does this really mean for us? There, there, there's, there's something that happens where you kind of look at it and go, okay, you know what, maybe this is exactly where I'm supposed to be because for right. us, the business was kind of at a standstill whereby we were kind of plateauing and we were not mm-hmm. going down but we weren't going up and we were right. kind of growing at a rate where it was just kind of that normal rate. But yes. once COVID took place, like we went from a 15% company to a 70 plus person company. And it just took a little bit of our leadership team kind of getting together, putting our minds together and going, okay, let's step back and let's look at really what this is as far as opportunities that are associated with it. So, yeah, I mean, I would as a, you know, from one business owner to another, I would definitely implore, although it's very, 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 very hard to do so, to, you know, if you can, I would encourage you to kind of step back and see if there's any blessings that Mm -hmm. are kind of underneath whatever it is that, you know, is, is, is going on for you at that moment. Right. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. I see like sometimes on the internet, Nelly, like, or, you know, if, if even when you pick up, you know, the entrepreneur magazines and things like that, a lot of times they'll say, you know, incorporate in a particular state. Um, what state should, let's say, like an expanding franchise register in? Or, I mean, do you get involved in that as far as like advising? Are there other states that they should consider, you know, when it comes to things like incorporation? Like, how does that work? Sure. So, 
generally speaking, um, for a franchisor or franchisee, so if, if you are um, if you have a business and you want to franchise it as a franchisor, mm-hmm. again, um, you know, we, we don't provide legal tax or financial advice. What right. we can encourage you to consider based on what the states uh, recommend is that, generally speaking, the rule of thumb is to incorporate within the home state where the corporate headquarters are located, where the... Right you know, principles of that franchise are located, where the majority of the employees are located, because uh, setting up the franchise in a state other than the home state is Mm -hmm. potentially going to elude to double taxes, double state laws, and goes on. So typically the rule of thumb is to incorporate where the business is located. And then as you expand, and have nexus in others can foreign qualify to do business in those other states. But the corporate headquarters of the state should typically be, uh, you know, set up in the state where the majority of the business is taking place, whether you're a franchisor or you are now becoming a franchisee. That's interesting. What, advice, Nelly, would you give to our listeners? I mean, you've been very successful in, in, in entrepreneurship, and I was mentioning to you earlier, you know, the majority of our listeners, they're in the early stages of looking to buy a franchise. I mean, from everything that you've learned about entrepreneurship up to this point, what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to, to buy a franchise? First and foremost, don't do it for the money, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because... That's good, right. Um, for me, as an entrepreneur, when when I've often kind of, you know, uh, just kind of, you know, when I'm grinding and I'm grinding because I, I'm doing it for the money, it's always a flop for me. Yeah. So I would right. say whatever it is that you're going to, you know, put your heart in or set yeah. your mind to do it because you're passionate about it and you believe right. in the product or service because yeah. when you believe in the product or service then everything else kind of just trickles down and flows mm-hmm. so that's my foremost recommendation next after that i would say you know as an entrepreneur you're going to fail and mm. rather looking at that failure as um kind of like, you know, letting it take over your mind and body, my right. suggestion is to lean into that discomfort because as entrepreneurs, you're going to fail. And failure right. is just part of the learning process. Failure is part of the process of being an right. entrepreneur. And right. for me, failures are kind of the pathway to success. So. Mm-hmm. As an entrepreneur, you're going to fail, as I am, and I'm not da- I'm not done failing. I'll probably fail a hundred thousand more times. Sure. And as an entrepreneur, you know, I get up every day and I listen to that inner voice and I listen to my heart. Um, sometimes, you know, I, uh, you know, I have to remind myself that, you know, I am capable of doing amazing things. But before I can be capable of doing those amazing things, I have to make sure that whatever I'm doing, I'm passionate about and I believe in it. So that's really yeah. where it starts. 
That's it's great advice. I once heard I was listening to an interview with um, uh, Fran Tarkenton, uh, quarterback, and he became an entrepreneur. And, and, and he said something like, you know, my greatest successes happened after my biggest failures. You know, and that's, it's interesting that you you talk about failure because, you know, I've been doing the show 15 years now. And, and I, I don't think that's ever really even come up, you know, 15 years. But it makes a lot of sense that you say that is that you have to anticipate that. Right. There are going to be failures. Right. And you're going to have to learn from them and continue to move on. I think that's very powerful, isn't it? Yes. And for me, every one of my successes was because of a failure. You know, yeah. even with Corpnet Company, I mean, we did so many things that, you know, when I look back at it, I look at it and I go, okay, well, that was really something that was kind of, how could I have done that? You know, right, and, right. And, but I look at it and I go, had I not done it, I wouldn't learn. Yeah. I wouldn't have learned from it and I wouldn't be Powerful. where I am today. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I'm a huge believer of leaning into the discomfort. You know, I, 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 I really, really love Brene Brown. I read a lot of her books. Yeah. And one of the things she talks about in her book, Braving the Wilderness and Braving, mm-hmm. you know, and how she right. kind of starts her day and, um, you know, with the acronym Braving, you know, with B being, you know, having boundaries as a business owner, as a leader, you know, mm-hmm. reliability, the R, you know, having that, you know, reliability where you do what you say and say what you do, accountability, right. uh, vault, being a vault and, you know, not only, you know, asking people to maintain your confidentiality, but, you know, likewise, making sure they're being a vault for you right. and, uh you know, integrity, you know, making sure you have integrity without compromise, you know, and not mm-hmm. compromising your integrity. And, right. um, you know, having this non-judgment type of mindset where, you know, you're not judging people and also being able to say whatever is on your mind, knowing that you're not going to be judged for it. And then generosity, which is my favorite yeah. one, and yes. that whatever happens, you know, and uh, whatever happens to you is like don't assume the worst. You know, right. be generous mm-hmm. about it and think like, okay, let's let's step back and really, you know, assume the best or kind of just kind of like question it as to why this is going on. And right. even when it's about someone talking about you or someone doing something, let's not assume the worst. Let's let's kind of look at it for what it is. So right. um, that's kind of how I live my life with this kind of mentality of bravery and braving, you know, and because if if we're not braving the wilderness, you know, then what are we doing, really? I mean, you know, in this world, everybody is going to tell you no. Everybody's going to tell you not to do things, you know, (laughs) and, 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 you know, if you want to take that route, then where's the growth for you as an entrepreneur? So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So thank it's powerful. You so much. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's powerful, Nellie. Yeah, it, it is really thank powerful. You. So if, if you could look into the future, Nellie, like, I mean, like, you know, three years, five years down the road, I mean, where do you see CorpNet? Oh, wow. So I tend to focus on today and the sure. present and take yeah. it one day at a time. Uh, however, you know, I see CorpNet as um, growing and truly, you know, becoming, um, you know, we, we, we are really in a place and a position whereby we are 
on, you know, on on plan to take over 22 when it comes to the industry as yeah. a result of, yeah. you know, our seamless software and the software that we are creating as a company. Right. So I would just say bigger, better, stronger. That's great. <laughs> I, it, it, but no, it's it, 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 it's a great, great response, Nelly. What's the best way, Nelly, for our listeners to get more information on CorpNet and, and all the different services that, that you provide? Are there any um, websites you want to direct them to? Well, thank you so much. Yes, for any of you interested in either starting a franchise or if you're becoming a franchisee, mm-hmm. I would highly encourage you to visit CorpNet at www.corpnet.com. That's C-O-R-P, N as in Nancy, E-T.com. You can okay. also feel free to pick up the phone and call us at 888-449-2638. Our franchise expert at CorpNet is Amanda Barron. That's okay. Amanda Barron. She can be reached at uh, extension 105 or simply you can email her to a Baron. that's A as in Apple, Baron. B as in boy, E-R-E-N, as in Nancy, at CorpNet.com. And she's our franchise filings expert and literally uh, is a world of knowledge. I call her a walking encyclopedia. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed talking to you, Nellie, and I'd like to invite you back, you know, like in six months or a year down the road, because I, I still have a hundred more questions. And I'm so glad I finally got to speak to you today. Yeah. Cause I feel like I know you, you know, and following you on the social media circuit, you know, so it was a privilege and honor for me to finally get the chance to speak to you today. Likewise. Thank you again, Marty. And I look forward to it and, uh, Best of luck to you. Happy holidays to Thank all you. of you. Thank you. Happy holidays to and you, too, And you all too, be filled with abundance, blessings, everything, and uh, definitely will circle back in the next few months with you. Take care. That's true. Take care, Nelly. We'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising. For each podcast, you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting franchise interviews now over eight years and over 400 shows, and during that time, we've had some incredible quotes on our show. Today, you're going to get to hear from Chris Simic, who is the founder of FranchiseTeacher.com, and Chris has over 30 years of business and franchise experience as an independent business owner, a franchisee, and a franchisor. And Chris said something very profound that we haven't heard on our show in over eight years. He mentioned that you have to almost work harder to fail at franchising than to succeed in franchising. And he explains why. Most people, about 90% I think I've seen, buy a business other than they first looked at. Wow, that's amazing. So that's we it's interesting, isn't it? Business. I mean, that's, that's a big number too, isn't it, Chris? You know, that you know, most people, they go in with these certain expectations and they come out with, with, with something different, you know? And, and I find that fascinating. I absolutely, it, it never ceases to astound me, but I think that speaks to the to the, uh, the value of franchising as a as a business model and a business method because right. people don't have to uh, be in something just because they know it. And quite candidly, sometimes 
getting involved in a business that you would rather do that you were not involved in allows you the the luxury of taking a, a new career path and to develop something you never would have had the opportunity to had it not been you know systematized and prioritized for you. You know, in franchising, it's said that. You have to really almost work harder to fail than to succeed because if you have a good franchise system, right. if you follow directions, you have to almost purposely not follow them to not do well. That's true. That's fantastic. We have this, this great quote in franchising. I, I think we're going to put that one in there, Chris. I, I think that's very original, and it's, it's very true. What advice would you give to our listeners? You know, we find that most of them, they're just beginning their search to buy a franchise, Chris, and we find that, you know, most of them just simply, they, they don't even know where to begin, like you were saying. What advice would you give to them? I, I do, um, when I speak to people looking at franchises, I, I give them three different pieces of advice. One, make sure you're looking for business for the right reason. Now, a lot of people have things happen in their life. They lose a job or something happens, and they react and, and maybe say, well, okay, maybe I'll go buy a business. That may not be the, the reason to do it versus having the luxury of selectivity that here's my opportunity that was yeah. created by some adversity. Second thing is that they have to make sure that they are – able to be franchisees, uh, that not everybody is designed to be able to, to follow the systems, procedures, and, 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 the, and the processes it takes to be a successful franchise owner. And then I tell them quite candidly is pick a couple of the industries and the price ranges uh, that, that may have interest to you and then kind of pin down from there, either using the resources of a, uh, a consultant or a, bro- or a broker or, or a team member or, or on their own, either way. But I think that if they, if they take their time, follow the steps, and do it for the right reasons, uh, they'll be on a much smoother pathway uh, to, to success in, in, in owning their own business. That's well said. What's what's in the future then for a franchise teacher, Chris? I mean, where do you see the company three to five years down the road? Well, Marty, we've been uh, extremely fortunate and blessed that the the business has has has, has been around you know through Century Franchise Group for many years. And our new franchise teacher dot uh, com has, has taken off. We're representing right now uh, you know seven uh, plus brands. I think in five years our, our focus will really be even more fine-tuned. As the, as the consumer or the prospective uh, business owner is looking for more and more specific information, breaking down to teach, coach, consult, and advise, I think will be, um, will be a way for us to assist people in what they need. You know, people, again, don't know what they don't know, but right. I think the information overload uh, sometimes discourages people too early. They say, I, this is too much for me to process. Mm. But we can break it That's down true. into bite-sized pieces. I think more and more people, especially the younger generation, who are looking for the advice and the information they want when they want it, I think is you know going to do nothing more than uh, continue. Then our next business venture, which launches at the end of this year, uh, will, is looking to capture all the different franchise brands around the world and put them into one place. So it's, it's, we're, we're, we're looking forward to uh, a future. And franchising is going nowhere but growing, you know, as you right about a long time, too, the number of franchise opportunities. And the world's getting to be a smaller place. I think you're going to find a yeah. lot of opportunities coming in and going out of, of different marketplaces and different countries uh, accessible to more people. That's fantastic. What's the best way, Chris, for our listeners to get <clears throat> more information on FranchiseTeacher.com? Obviously, FranchiseTeacher.com, but any numbers you'd like them to call or email addresses? 
Well, actually, we appreciate uh, you know, www.franchiseteacher.com. And okay. my, my business partner, Dave, and I offer them the free one-hour consultation. Fill out the form oh, and great. take advantage of it. That's fantastic. I want to thank you again, Chris, for you know finally coming on the show. You know, it's, I've been following your career for a long time now. You know, and I have just been very impressed with with, with everything that you've done. You know, so when I, when I saw this, I, I mentioned to you we don't typically um, call people to come on the show. You know, but but I had to have you specifically on the show. So it was an honor and a privilege to have you on the show today, Marty Ditto. And again, congratulations on your um, uh, PhD, Doctor. I have read your thesis and I would recommend it reading if people can get oh, through that's fantastic. I really appreciate that you read it too because that, that, that's an honor coming from you so that's fantastic well I want to thank you again Chris thank and we'll you. be right back Franchise Interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia you're listening to Franchise Interviews Franchise Interviews